0: And then I actually moved here when I was in first grade, so I've been pretty much a Detroiter my entire life, and I went to Detroit Public Schools, um, matriculated through middle school and into high school, and then um, I actually have been a part of the community as far as, like, chemistry goes and STEM for the past five years, so...
1: Okay, so before we get into all of that, let's get, <laughs> let's get more into your mom. You said your mom is from the D.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, was, was she born here, or did her were her parents from someplace else that made their way here?
0: Um, my grandmother is originally from Mississippi, but okay. um, yes, my mother was born here. She went to Cass Tech. Mm. Like, so <laughs> yes, she's okay. a technician. Okay.
1: <laughs> so uh, Mississippi, that's the roots, but mm-hmm. your mom made her way here. What neighborhood?
0: Um, let me think. I know that it was considered the hood. (laughs) I don't know exactly, but, um, I would, I actually have to ask her. Wow. But from the West side, I know the side at least. Okay. So from the (laughs) West side and then
1: along this journey, you, you move here the first grade. You remember the neighborhood you moved to when you got here?
0: Um, It was near Redford. Okay. So um, we lived in, we actually lived with my grandmother when Mm. I was younger, um, right off of Evergreen and Grand River. Hmm. So, yeah, I remember that.
1: (laughs) Okay. So, West Side Community. what was it like coming to Detroit? I don't know where you were coming from, but what do you remember coming here in the first grade as a child?
0: Well, I came from Chicago, so it was a little different because Chicago is like super big. But mm-hmm. um, the neighborhood, I went to the neighborhood school mm-hmm. at that time, and then I actually ended up going to Flicks, which is Foreign Language Emerging Cultural Study School. And I actually learned French there. Um, but I like the schools. I like the neighborhoods. I really, I feel like the area that I grew up in was a really nice part of Detroit, too. So,
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. And Flix is one of those. It, it's it's a program in school when people talk about Detroit public schools and yeah. this, that and the other. Flix is like a shining star. So it's a very immersive foreign language experience for a student, meaning mm-hmm. that, like, if you're if you start at Flix and you're in second grade and you have Japanese, you're going to be speaking Japanese probably half the day, yeah. if not more. So it's not like. You know, it's not like how you are on uh, Duolingo trying to learn Spanish. It's like <laughs> seriously, you yeah. know what I'm like yes. an immersive experience. And a lot of the students there have traveled internationally right. at um, grade school levels.
0: Yeah. I, actually, when I was in fifth grade, one of my best friends, her grandmother um, was a performer in Germany. So we actually went to Germany and France um, when I was in fifth grade. And I was like, that was my first time out of the country, actually. Mm.
1: Okay. Yeah. And, and and those are some experiences connected to a Detroit public school mm-hmm. that uh, that I think a lot of people are unaware of, uh, and, and even that school. Mm-hmm. Did you kind of notice a difference in your school experience, you think, than some of your other friends or just coming from another school and then ending up at Flick's?
0: I definitely think so. Um, just the opportunities that were allowed uh, to us and even going into like, although I went into a charter school, I was still in a, a Detroit school. I went to university mm-hmm. prep after that. I definitely could see the difference from like the neighborhood school to Flicks to UPA. So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Okay. All right. So from, from Flix to UPA. Mm-hmm uh, uh w- when we think of charter schools and it's a lot of different discussions and everything but upa is one of the anchor schools i think that stands mm-hmm. out as an institution uh for for many people now like because yeah. now it's like upa is going on like graduates that have graduated especially when we think of the middle school mm-hmm. for like decades now you right. know what i'm saying uh what uh, what was that experience like
0: Um, so I was actually really close with one of my teachers. We had a homeroom teacher and essentially like he was actually inspired me once I went into college to go into like golf, which ended up also creating connections for me. So having these like well rounded teachers that could give you exposure to possibly just things that you wouldn't necessarily see, I guess. And, like, the neighborhood school was definitely, like, beneficial and helped me along my path as I went into high school and college. Mm
1: -hmm. And I already know the people watching this are sitting at home (laughs) saying, like, is Midnight Golf for DPS kids? Yes, there (laughs) is Midnight Golf for DPS kids, and we know that program. Mm -hmm. But golfing is something that's a, a different type of activity on board i mean Mm -hmm. first off uh access to the courses right access to the gear Mm -hmm. you know like uh so it it excludes many people just automatically (laughs) let alone black people i mean just the history of black people not being allowed in Mm -hmm. you know on golf courses period um right in, in many country clubs what what was it you know that, like, what? What about that game kind of connected you? I mean, were you watching Tiger Woods uh, <laughs> at one point in time? Like, okay, that could be me. Uh, you know,
0: I mean, honestly, I'm not even gonna. My mother, she did push me at first because at first I was like, I want to play volleyball. Everybody's playing volleyball, and she's mm-hmm. like, No, Alyssa, you should play golf, like your teacher teacher suggested, and it ended up um i actually got a scholarship to co- a college but i ended up not taking it but um it it opened up doors like i've been able to golf on like pga tour type golf courses um hmm. so it definitely allowed me to to make connections as far as in business because now when i do fundraisers for my nonprofit i'm like oh let's go to top golf or let's actually go to a golf course and i can play and i can hold a conversation and i can make deals on the golf course so
1: okay okay so it's not just a a hearsay type thing. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. It really works. It, it's like one of those things that you picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and along this journey, this kind of brings me to, um, and I want to find more about college and everything, but chemistry. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and being a chemist. Yes. Um, this is something that, you know, like even when I think of it and I have a, I think a, a healthy network. Running across chemists is not like, a, you know, it's not like running across a mechanic or, um, yeah. you know, like a, it's a teacher, a, a entrepreneur, mm-hmm. uh, which you are an entrepreneur. But mm-hmm. like a, when I think like a classic entrepreneur, like I, I own this car lot, and then yeah. I go <laughs> a restaurant and I own a little bit of bar and then I have some insurance company, a tax company, you know, um, it's different. Uh, And when I definitely think about chemistry, I I, I'd assume it's not a lot of us, let alone black women in that field. What was it that drew you towards that direction? And and how, you know, how natural am I? Am I just is this an assumption or is it (laughs) like it could be like a whole little like world of chemists out here?
0: Um, There, I mean, there are networks. However, I do get that a lot when I tell people I'm a chemist. And they say, like, Breaking Bad. I'm like, no.
1: <laughs> but... They, they,
0: they, think about making,
1: they immediately think of making the narcotics. I'm no. like, no. No, it's... it's even though, uh, rest in peace, I mean, the great Cordell rest said, like, if I'm you probably, make crack, you could be a chemist. I'm about, which, about to
0: say. Which
1: I... Which, on paper, that sounds cool. But I, I don't... I, I'm pretty sure it's a no. lot more... Going on Because I mean Technically that means If you could cook anything You know what I'm saying Exactly I I could burn (laughs) something But i I would not want to be In a chemistry lab Per se
0: No But honestly The So the reason that I got into chemistry, honestly, when I was like, and this is a story that I always tell because it really, like, is true. I remember, like, sitting in my mom's rooms, like, taking her perfumes, her lotions, and her sunscreens, and, like, making these concoctions at, like, 8 years old, 10 years old. And I'm like, here, mom, try this. And she's like, girl, stop wasting my and your stuff. Mom, and your mom <laughs> actually would try the, the stuff that you make? I mean, I would kind of force her to, you know, you got to support your kids. <laughs> so, like, I'm about to break out from this. But Yeah, I was going to say, your mom was, your mom was running a wrist. It's like I'm gonna put this
1: on my <laughs> I'm gonna put this on my top Let's elbow. Do a patch <laughs> test. Yeah. <laughs>
0: do a patch test. But she she literally like encouraged me to be creative. Like I was always into science experiments, science um competitions and like at that time it was considered like lame or like oh you're like a nerd and I didn't really I didn't really like the treatment about like in that area but as I grew older I was like okay like I understand things that a lot of people don't necessarily see or understand when they see it on paper and like organic chemistry was like super easy to me like I could just literally see like the chemical formulas on the like paper come out but um I really just got into it because my mom she supported me she has been like my number one fan since I was a kid and I have always thanked her for that and just pushing me in the right direction. But I always—I don't know—I just always have been really curious, naturally. So, like, why does that do that? Why does this work this way? Like, I just think like that. So,
1: all right. So, <laughs> like, with that being said, you're taking me back to tenth grade because that's when I had chemistry through the. Uh, then I was going to King IMSAT program. I want to say who is that? Miss Barton. Barton knew my dad too. Um, And I actually got a B in that class. It was, was, you know, I I don't know. Everybody else was like, how are you getting a B? I'm like, I don't even know, really. People was like, it's because your dad know her. I don't think that was why. But uh, (laughs) but I even remember the uh, periodic table. You know what I'm saying? I'd Mm -hmm. be sitting there and they'd be like, you're going to need to use this one day. I'm like, I ain't going to be using this never. You know, know, so like trying to learn the chart and Mm -hmm. figure these things out. Uh, in gardening now it, it's become more uh more prevalent in understanding different things uh, i'm gonna be buying some topsoil today and even mm-hmm. you know um seeding it, it's some grass seed i have for an event that i have coming up and where things go like nitrogen oxygen and carbon like yep. i'm looking at this stuff and learning more about it and i'm like damn this is like yeah, yeah I so you know um With this, when you say organic chemistry, just even breaking this down, like, Mm -hmm. you know, what was it that drew you in that direction where you just always had like a curious mind about this type of stuff? Like, Mm -hmm. or was it just one of those things that just it, it just was simple for you? Like, was it easy or was it one of those things that you found fascinating and it just led you down a path that made it easier?
0: It was definitely kind of like in between. There was definitely some joint there because I will not say that chemistry was easy in college, like college level. I definitely had like my struggles there, but I definitely was intrigued and drawn into chemistry. So it just it it made sense, like. I like I already had the knack and the curiosity for science and then like actually seeing the technical side behind it I was like oh wow this is cool like literally putting like so when you mix two things like there's a chemical formula for each of those two substances and when you put those together you're gonna have a chemical reaction whatever it creates and so literally being able to see that on a molecular level for me was what was like intriguing I guess.
1: All right. So when you talk about molecular level, let's let's roll back. <laughs> it. Like I say, a lot of us haven't heard this since 10th grade. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So molecular level, does that mean like you're looking through a... Uh, microscope or does that mean it just is what it is like Mm -hmm. what, what is that
0: well not necessarily looking through a microscope but knowing that this is the chemical like formula of this product so like for instance when you have like i'm just gonna say something easy like sodium and chloride if you put sodium chloride together like you would have na and then you would have cl2 so, if you're looking at the periodic table of elements, that's mm-hmm. basically like sa- yep. uh, table salt. But um, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to make it simple.
1: You said it's, so; those are the elements of table <laughs> yeah, salt. The, yeah, those are elements
0: so, that you're putting together essentially mm-hmm. to create this substance. So, okay.
1: So, if if it's snowing outside and I had a, uh, some sodium, and I had <laughs> uh, what what el- what are the others? Chloride? Chloride. And then I needed some some salt for 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 outside. Or sodium
0: bicarbonate actually, but
1: Okay. So I would see (laughs) there we go. It gets deeper. (laughs) I would I would combine these and then it's like in combining these in like I guess a lab or something, or Mm -hmm. I guess the lab could be my basement.
0: Yeah, that's where we started. I mean I started in my mom's kitchen. Mm -hmm. So
1: And and then see (laughs) see what works. Now for this and just knowing the right amounts and all of this stuff, Mm -hmm. um, along this journey you know we we do remember all of us from chemistry class it was certain things that we did in chemistry class where it's mm-hmm. like goggles protective glass uh gloves PPE. and we had to wear like the smock and all of this stuff and then it seemed mm-hmm. like it seems excessive it was like the it was like gas extinguisher fire extinguisher yeah um
0: water showers yes
1: it, it was a lot into that space uh with our chemistry Mm -hmm. class and i think we only did a couple experiments i want to say we did more of that type of stuff in biology you Mm -hmm. know but um but all of this as you were learning this you were in class and it was just like
0: it was coming yeah and it's funny because like i love my high school but like one of my teachers um she was my biology teacher she Like she just swore up and down that um, because there was only like five black girls in my class because I went to Sacred Heart which is um, it was majority uh, white people basically that went to the school and there was like it was only forty people in my class my graduating class but there were only about six of us that were women of color and. She just, I don't know, like, she just doubted me, too, when I was in ninth grade. And I know these stories, the rappers always say, my teacher said I was never going to be, but my story's not like that. But she did, I think that kind of gave me that push, too, because she didn't think that, one, I belonged there. And then, two, she thought that I was just, like, a stereotypical, like, this, I don't know, these are her words. She thought that I was in a gang, with the other girls that were in our class. And I'm like, girl, I don't even know how to spell gang. Like, stop playing. Like, so I felt like I had something to prove, especially once I got out of high school into college. And I definitely proved her. wrong. Wow.
1: That's, uh, so, that's heavy. Like, I mean, rape, race comes up on this show often. So. Now we definitely have to walk down that street. Like that. <laughs> so an event like that happens in ninth grade. Because mm-hmm. ninth grade is a uh, it's. You're younger and you're learning things, but it's still a strong trust in mm-hmm. in adults. As much as uh, yeah, those those ninth graders are challenging you as a parent, they're challenging <laughs> parents. But outside world is still like a trust in like adults mm-hmm. and everything. Something like yeah. that can shake a a fourteen year old. Definitely. Um, how do you respond to that? Like, did you tell your mother? Did you? Yes. Did you tell uh, like a counselor, other friends? Like, how did you respond to that?
0: um so we actually she had a conversation about this with my mom and at that point I just felt like I wanted to be rebellious towards this lady you know because I'm like first of all you just you're assuming things you don't even know me and this is my ninth grade year first semester so you, you haven't really except for in class so to assume those things about me I knew that I had to I guess like make a way for myself to shatter those stereotypes because even now like even though like what you said was harmless but just saying like oh you're a chemist like it's almost like is there's doubt there and it's like why why is that not normal why is that not normalized or why is it because we don't see it enough or because we don't believe that that's something that people of color or people that look like me are doing so I think that's why I have like a really big push with my STEM program um, to get more students of color especially girls into these fields because I don't want people to say like oh You're a chemist? I want them to be like, oh, yeah, she's a chemist. Because, like you were saying, like, and like I said, there was no harm there. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. it's just I want it to be normalized. Like, I want um, girls to not feel like, oh, like, I'm stepping out of the box. Like, no, this is normal. This is something that instead of one percent of the population, we have, like, ten plus. But, yeah, I think Sorry that idea was like a little. No, nah, I mean, no, nah,
1: it, it's it. And no offense, but you need to say it because, yeah, I'm. I have not met outside of Miss Barton, my chemistry teacher, mm-hmm. and, and and I mean, it's just like even with. The white folks in my social circle—it's just like meeting a chemist. It'd be like almost it's, meeting an astronaut. Yeah, like, You're astronaut. Like how did you get into that? You know what I'm saying? Like you know what I'm saying? It's like oh man, you know on the east side it was this program. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like for real. They <laughs> <See, laughs> like, astronauting. You know what I'm that, saying? So it so it's one of those things that I and I it could be both too. Mm-hmm. It, it could be even in my statement, it could be some, some doubt in, mm-hmm. in the statement. And, you know, I'm not one to believe so much of absolutes. It's like, at what percentage? Right. And, and even mm-hmm. when it comes to prejudice, as I mm-hmm. often tell people, like prejudice just exists in society. Right. The challenge becomes when we marry ourselves to the prejudice to prove what our original prejudice was. Mm-hmm. Once it's established that It's like, oh, she know chemistry. (laughs) Then I shouldn't hold on, but it's like, no, but that's like that's like low level chemistry it's like no that's the extremist high level of chemistry of mm-hmm. the people I know because right now when it comes to the 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 authority on chemistry in my mind and probably a lot of these people watching Detroit is different yeah. Alyssa Space you're, I, you're you have galvanized the space as the subject matter expert in chemistry mm-hmm. and definitely that shatters the perspective of what we've been perceived to see as a chemist right. because what we've been perceived to see as a chemist is I'm all always wanted to talk about media and packaging is like you know like some Einstein type dude doc from uh what's it, back to the future you know what yeah. I'm saying some old white guy uh mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying with with crazy hair and shabby clothing yeah you know what I'm saying and that's thick glasses I, we don't think you know um, gimmicks. yeah we don't think exactly you you know a young black woman vibrant Melanin popping—it's like we don't think that we think. You know what I'm saying? We we think something that has been, you know, accepted in our minds Mm -hmm. just through media. Because
0: it's like, who do you meet that's in this space? Right. It's funny though, too. Actually, that you brought up the astronaut because when I was younger, Mae Jemison actually was like the first Black woman to space, and Mm. I used to get teased all the time because my last name was space. But I'm like, you know what? I like her. So I literally, I, I. And I actually got to go see her speak at Western after I graduated in, like, 2016, or I think it was the following year, 2017. And it was just, like, it was, like, so surreal because I'm like, girl, I saw you in my textbooks when I was in high school, and now I actually get to meet you in person. So... I know the importance of like being a leader or being like a pillar in your community, showing people that this is possible, that you can do this. So I definitely it was just funny. You said astronaut. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Mae Jemison. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely an inspiration.
1: Now, now in in that same space, (laughs) (laughs) no pun intended, (laughs) you 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 learn. Uh, the the in chemistry like how do when do you get to a point where you start branching off into like um something more specific because I assume obviously it's food chemist right mm-hmm. now cause yeah. God knows. You know, we're looking at what the hell is in food. Mm -hmm. It's uh, beauty chemists is, Mm -hmm. I'm sure, obviously, a lot of chemists work on, like, uh, right now, you know, how much um, Um, is in, you know, cars and automotive, like oil and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, when do you start transitioning from, like, I guess, like core chemistry and then into, like, something more specific of, like, your own discipline? And then I have another question on top of mm -hmm. that. It's like, at what point do you learn your discipline to now say, all right. I learned core, I learned niche, but now I'm making my own product. So it's like, right. like at what point is it
0: so, to that? Um originally, like when you go through college, you essentially take general chemistry unless you have like a, a minor in something in particular, like immunology or something, like whatever it may be. But for me, I just took general chemistry because I knew I wanted to, net, net, like, I guess I wanted to do wet lab. So that's basically like... Um, bench work where you do testing and quality assurance because um, my first job after well my first corporate job because I actually worked with children with autism first for like uh, six months but my first job I worked at Pfizer as a quality assurance chemist and um, okay now with
1: as as that it's basically um, you're you're testing the I'm guessing the 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 formulas for lack of a better term, I Mm -hmm. mean, I'm hoping I'm saying this right, but the formulas uh, that have been established from other doctors or chemists and you're assuring that this... That that whatever was written is like, oh, nah this is smooth. This is cool.
0: So essentially, um, as a quality assurance chemist, I was touching the raw materials that were going into their final products to make sure that they met standards and quality because this is an FDA regulated lab. Mm-hmm. And I have to make sure I'm like, okay, the water levels are here. The pH of this is here because this is something that the body is consuming. So I have to be sure that <laughs> before we put these things in there that nothing is off for a okay.
1: Because the raw material, how often are raw materials, which I mean, I guess that can make sense. Because like if I buy nitrogen mm -hmm. and it says it's at this level or like, no, let's just go with with the example you said, pH levels in water. Mm -hmm. And and more people are are doing water testing now, especially um, when we think about a um, shout out and prayers up to the people in Benton Harbor dealing with like the same type of tragedy that the people in Flint were dealing with. And it's a less known story today. Uh, but it's still, it's still, you know, heavy. So like when we think of like lead testing, pH balance testing, Mm -hmm. it's like water is water is water is water, but it ain't necessarily water because it is so many other elements that go into purifying the water Mm -hmm. and go into like, even the way that it's dispersed through like possibly a home through the piping system. Like it, you know what I'm saying? You're buying this product, but Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily
0: there. that. There, so they're speaking of water. So I, I actually had a second job in quality assurance, and it was a metal coating um, or plating company in Ferndale, and my job was to test the water levels. So because they would release this into Ferndale water, so there were certain ppms, which is parts per million of metal that is allowed into your public drinking water, and this is a you know industri- industry industry um, industrial um, company. I'm not going to name them, <laughs> but um, basically. We were allowed to release like magnesium, nickel, um, lead into the drinking water. And you but got,
1: you got all my
0: conspiracy people, but, but I told you, like they could gonna I put me it, down for I telling this it. one. And no, like they do so. It's they literally, like, if they if the water levels, if the metal levels are too high, they would like basically block their um they're drained to the city because it's like, okay, they're going to have to do extra cleaning because the city would do extra cleaning on top. But as a, um, a manufacturer, you have to meet these certain levels or they're going to sue you. They're going cause you're you, at the end of the day, the city doesn't want to get sued by the residents. If someone goes into takes a water test and they're like, why is it like 10 parts per million of nickel and lead in my water? And it's supposed mm-hmm. to be less than 0.01. So, um, that, we are needed definitely there. But um, that's basically like where I stepped in or I came in and made sure that this company wasn't releasing these this poisonous or water into the city. Um, but I don't know. I As far as food testing and things, I haven't really done research in that area, research and development, but definitely water and definitely pharmaceuticals. Um, they're testing to make sure that it's safe for the body. They're testing to make sure that they aren't killing their people basically mm-hmm. so um so to to balance that out like
1: i know like with ph it's like ph mm-hmm. up, pH down mm-hmm. like is that also the role as a chemist like when you when you test something like that it's like hey this is what's happening i think mm-hmm. you can do this and that will address that like what what happens because like is it, yeah. it or does it just end up being like hey mm-hmm. it's a problem it is what it is maybe <laughs> you need to like sometimes how, they do it that way how does you, you know what I mean? How, how as a chemist, would be your role to, like, also come up with mm-hmm. uh, courses of action to address this?
0: Yes, yeah, so... Through
1: the chemical... Uh, reactions yeah are
0: say. or the chemical processes so mm-hmm. if um the water was too acidic we'd have to figure out how we could lower the acidity so that it could be more basic before we released it so you're also problem solving so based off of the parameters that you have for like this set of water samples um you're going to test it, get your results, and then you're going to actually figure out, okay, so how do I lower the nickel? Do I need to add? um, I don't know. what I I can't even remember the things we were adding to this water, but there were different like sodiums that would essentially absorb. um, That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that we would add to lower it or um, I don't even, like I said, I don't remember everything, but we definitely, there were tons of different methods that we took on like smaller samples to do to a bigger batch and and that's the other Uh, thing
1: that because just like with cooking mm -hmm. now now this is some chemistry you guys yeah you know when you cook for yourself it's like okay pot of spaghetti for you Mm -hmm. and four is different than family reunion
0: (laughs) five plans of (laughs)
1: spaghetti you can't just say all right i usually use Two bottles. So now since it's that, I'm gonna just multiply
0: it by twenty five. Like sometimes the the what's the word? They could be off if you mm-hmm. try to size up a, a batch basically. But that's where the trial and error comes in. You're testing hmm. over and over again. So and then of course you would with a when I'm talking about like like a thousand plus gallons, yeah. That's type of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm so, sure
1: the sample you have is probably like, like m- yeah, maybe even smaller less than, than a this. water bottle, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, because it's not, it's it, you can't take a sample mm-hmm. of, you know, you can't yeah. take a okay, let me get just uh, a <laughs> hundred or fifty gallons and just test that. You can't do that,
0: yeah. So, um, it definitely, like I said, it was trial and error. Um, I really enjoyed it actually, just because, like, I mean, you're not supposed to mess up, but it allowed you to learn. You know, things on your own and you can mess up before, of course, you release it. But we were on time restraints (laughs) because they're always pumping out water. But But, this is
1: also where I guess statistics mm -hmm. and chemistry kind of match because we talked about sample and representative samples. Mm -hmm. And you need to have like, uh, here we go, (laughs) a classic one for you, statisticians, (laughs) margin of error. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So you need to know margin of error from taking different randomized samples Mm -hmm. and then get to... The margin of error that's needed for acceptance Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot more eyes you know i don't even want to get into everything uh you know (laughs) covid related with vaccines and things like that but one of the big key things that really opened up people's mind taking us back to stats class which i guess couples with chemistry class a little bit was like it needs to be at a certain level of margin of error for Mm -hmm. certain fda approvals or right What what can and and then you know then you start looking more and more. It's like wow, it's pharmaceuticals that are that are you know approved, then denied, then Mm -hmm. approved again, and denied, (laughs) and then tested again. Yeah, recall. Like (laughs) it it was. It's like wow, this is like a a industry that's like a lot more fluid than back to what I love the marketing of like oh here we go. It's just in your face and it's just here evermore forever more. you know, and, and and how things go, like even mm-hmm. the, I mean, I, I, you know, the baby powder uh, situation. With talc, yeah, yeah.
0: There's there's a lot of products actually that have um, chemicals that are cancerous or carcinogenic because the FDA allows a certain amount of exposure to humans. So a lot of times, and this actually kind of goes into why I started an all natural cosmetic line because. The FDA regulations on cosmetics are super loose in the U.S. Like, if you go to, like, Europe, they're a little bit more strict. But here in the U.S., like, essentially because of mass production, they allow, like, for instance, like, a say a gallon of foundation. Like, we allow one roach in there because this is the size of the batch. And we understand that in a warehouse that contamination happens, this, that, and the third happens. So it's almost kind of like it's— What they allow so that these companies don't get in trouble in a way. But at the same time, they also allow like different chemicals into products because of they need to have preservatives. They're sitting on the shelves for who knows, like six months before they even hit the store. So they know that, okay, they can use this amount to the body because it won't get them sick. But I mean, over time, it may cause some side effects, but that's okay. They just 10 years later, they won't know they don't
1: care (laughs) (laughs) so so i would say it's it's they're letting it go because it produces money essentially you know so like you know uh and we understand the relationship between corporations and america Mm -hmm. just clearly but um but let's let's get further into that cosmetics beauty um it's definitely a space when when we think of it um that it's great seeing a, a renaissance of of black women uh, entering more and more in that space. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I look at you know what Rihanna does with Fendi uh, or Fenty, and, mm-hmm. and it's like I'm like, okay, this is interesting. I look at you know um, I look at like even like the natural hair movement, mm-hmm. even my natural hair that's here, and then just a lot more natural products that in my mind black women have always kind of like been in that mix but Mm -hmm. now it's more front-facing it's more marketed it's more in front of people's faces and so making natural products Mm -hmm. why do you think it's such a a call to action for these natural products and why are black women clamoring for that
0: well for me personally i think that more people are becoming aware so like like myself educating the masses on um the ingredients that you use in everyday products from toothpaste to your lotion because these things are going literally into your body your body is absorbing them skin is the biggest organ and we all know you put well everybody doesn't but you lotion every day so paying attention to what you're putting on your hair your skin into your mouth into your body has been a movement i think because we have been so like I guess, traumatized by the products that we have been using, the food we have been eating. And people are like waking up, I guess now, and are realizing like, okay, this is the one body that I'm going to have. So I need to make sure that I'm putting the right things on it and into it. Um, As for hair, I think more women are starting to just love their natural hair more. I don't really think that has to do with like necessarily the chemicals because there were tons of chemicals with the, the perms and the you know, the heat and the rollers, whatever. But I think women are starting to, like, black women in particular are starting to love their hair more and their natural selves um, more so than um, getting what is supposed to be, like, the European standard of having straight black hair, jet black hair and the the wigs. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love me a good wig. I was just telling you about that earlier. But I definitely have embraced my own natural hair more because I was just telling you about the big chop I did. I wanted to really, like experience my hair for what it really was because I always felt like I was covering it up and um, I didn't always wear it out or style it because I didn't really know how to, because I was doing that. So now that I'm able to really like experiment with it as an adult, I feel like I love it more now because I know what to do with it. And I think that is kind of the story for a lot of other black women too.
1: Mm. Okay. And, and you spoke to a, a couple of different things that I want on to, you know, get further into mm-hmm. um but when we even talked about like on the skin or, or in the hair um my natural hair podcast uh one of the big products they use is through Zuresh. Mm-hmm. and it was unique when i met Zoresh a couple years ago she was like you know you shouldn't put anything in your hair or on your body that you feel like you wouldn't want to eat yourself and i was mm-hmm. like wow that's mm-hmm. interesting i never thought about anything like that and then she turned and this is this is like one of the big things i think that started maybe about seven years ago where it's like, man, like even your deodorant. And I'm like, what you mean yeah. your deodorant? And they're like, it's aluminum in your deodorant. And I felt like yep. I was smoking cigarettes or something <laughs> trying to find like a natural deodorant. And then the transition to something else. You know, <laughs> so it's like, all right, wh- which natural deodorant do I use? Or do I just mm-hmm. go out here and it's like, whoa. it's am out <laughs>
0: right
1: here like, whoa, you know what I'm saying? Forget it. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so, so even a product like that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, a- as this awakening, because for some people, yes, using, and I'm becoming one of them. Some people, if you, if you give me a regular speed stick, I'm like, oh, this is like cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, how, like that type of awakening, mm-hmm. you know. And then what happens, e- even in that, for, for that person watching that may not even know, what happens if I continue using this aluminum based deodorant for, you know, I, I wanna say, like, I started using deodorant when I was 10. Right, you know what I'm saying. If For I make it to life. 70,
0: there's like um, different every day, possibly yeah. twice. That these are so you're blocking like your natural sweat glands. Um, um, and I still personally use uh, like regular deodorant, but I know like my mentor she's been talking about it because she has a natural um, like skincare line, and I I want to make the transition. And I think everybody should too, but just yeah. when you're ready, you're ready. But over time, like you're actually like, cause we have th- different like thyroids around our body. You're like blocking these um, glands from naturally sweating. Like sweat is natural. Um, even with, uh, I'm trying to think like different perfumes and stuff like that. Cause I used to stay away from perfumes when I was um, younger. Cause I would have allergic reactions, but literally like, it's a natural function of the body. I know we don't want to have odor and things like that, but um, over time like you can call like these products can actually cause cancer like um
1: so blocking a sweat gland can lead to cancer
0: well i'm not making medical claims y'all I got you. All right, all right. <laughs> just, but i know that some products after repeated use can they do have side effects like it's just it's just known that like for instance the baby powder if you keep using the baby powder over and over and over and over again with this talc which is a cancer causing um chemical carcinogen you might get ovarian cancer from that because you're constantly using it, applying it to the body, and the organs can only rid your body of so many toxins. Like, we're overworking our kidneys and livers all the time. So, um, yeah. Okay. It's possible.
1: So, so with like, as this enlightenment for natural products comes, mm-hmm. it naturally leads America to 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 commoditize that's mm-hmm. the term i want to use <laughs> even what becomes natural right so you're a chemist mm-hmm. so when i pick up something and it says it's natural is it like in my mind just knowing in america it's probably like a percentage of chemicals that can be in something right. before you can call it natural or not natural so it's like all right look
0: 65 percent is natural that's enough. over you know what i'm saying <laughs> like
1: what is like
0: is it even barometers on that so I don't know if you remember but I was mentioning that the regulations for the FDA are really loose and so like n- you can put natural on a product if it if it has a plant-based like product in it basically.
1: Okay, when you say a plant-based product yeah, in it, a. does that mean a <laughs> <What>? meaning like <laughs> meaning like hey, yeah, just throw some uh Throw some kale in there. Mm-hmm. Just for, it's you know, natural. You yeah. Call it? yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. It's like, throw some kale in that. Uh, and that's kind of how organic kale came. in the cigarettes. These some natural squares. <laughs> Basically.
0: <laughs> but no, that's literally like... I, um, the, the word organic kind of came about Because now it's like Okay this is all organic That means it was grown Everything that's in it was grown Versus something that was manufactured in a um, a lab Okay And so um, But then people kind of played on that And it was funny you mentioned Fenty Because they used to say something about Had these claims that Oh all natural or, mm-hmm. And then they stopped doing that Because that wasn't the truth obviously. Okay <laughs> so. so
1: natural has a it, to to label something natural, it's a standard. Mm-hmm. It does it, and to label something organic, it's also a standard. Right. Now, as I'm in the growing. in my garden and everything even with that i know it's other layers because like i have uh sometimes i use the 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 cocoa which is cocoa mixed with soil so like for a person that knows like cocoa it like has more like those little white pellets and it's like Mm -hmm. a softer grain of soil so what it does is it absorbs more water so that i can keep more water in what i'm growing Mm, retains Mm. it exactly now within that that ain't That ain't like dirt from the ground per se. (laughs) But I assume if I really was into farming, I would be going like 45 levels deep of like Mm -hmm. how to uh, commoditize and grow what I need Mm -hmm. most. Like if if farming was my business. So is it even standards on like how natural the farm? like do you have to buy from (laughs) this like does it go from. This is natural, this is organic. This is organic based from an organic based farm. Mm-hmm. Like does it go that with organic based composting, with organic based mm-hmm. uh Um, I I guess like what would we say? Uh, Pesticides because that's one of the biggest I'm fighting a battle with slugs right now with my collard greens, you know, and spraying the neem oil (laughs) and the peppermint oil and Mm -hmm. looking at the neem oil and the peppermint oil like, okay, does it just say neem oil on here? Or does (laughs) it say a bunch of stuff that's like Like columnistics? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? If I start seeing ingredients with X, Y, L, Z, you know any of those last five letters of the alphabet i start Mm -hmm. thinking okay (laughs) this is is (laughs) probably something
0: (laughs) this is probably not good (laughs) probably probably ain't
1: nothing (laughs) (laughs) that follows the rush test of eating
0: (laughs) have you ever been to the grocery store and you see like the regular bananas and then the organic bananas yeah (laughs) do you like uh, do you know why is they're separate
1: i assume preservatives
0: yeah so like a lot of fruit and vegetables they have to use like pesticides and things like that to grow them Mm -hmm. even like when you go and you see like um i don't eat this but like catfish Mm -hmm. like you'll see like farm-raised catfish and then like wild Mm -hmm. catfish so literally they're like in kind of indirectly like telling you like how this was raised or how it was actually grown so um I, like I, I'm not a nutritionist either, but I know that I try to pay attention to the things that I eat. Like when I pick up um, even produce, because there's so like you hear about the E. coli outbreaks all the time, and fruits and vegetables and things like that. So it's it's a tricky game out here, honestly. But
1: in in, in your space though, mm-hmm. the the beauty space, um, there too. I think one of the one of the challenges becomes. I think, with black women, especially just understanding black skin in right. the shades. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I think of fashion and beauty, those can be luxury, high-end industries. Mm-hmm. And and that's what's so trippy sometimes when I watch so many black folks clamor for, like, that high-end fashion. And I'm like, this really was designed for European women. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or European men. Pro- probably <laughs> from, like, Italy and Spain. So, right. like, if you're you know a, a a black man framed six foot two you, you know what i'm saying and you're wearing gucci i'm not necessarily saying it looks <laughs> off or. but it just wasn't designed but this something. louis vuitton was not designed for you in, in space so it's like that black woman in this you know i don't know uh let's say um uh, like a whatever like a a versace dress or something mm-hmm. it And then this black woman walks in with, like, something, like, hand-woven from Ghana, you know, kente cloth, and it's like, damn, she may get more attention because it's going to fit with that in mind. Mm -hmm. I'd assume beauty products have to be that, just on the strength of, like... Um, you know in most of my journeys at Walsh they were even saying just like the shades of foundations Mm -hmm. the way lipstick would look what would be seen as natural just isn't as representative throughout the spectrum of what black women represent and I think Rihanna was looking to kind of introduce that more in that space but many others uh, have been in that space it's just Mm -hmm. her brand kind of because of her popular celebrity Mm -hmm. moved it to the forefront too
0: yeah honestly I think like before like 10 years ago a lot of uh, companies makeup companies did not have dark foundation like you literally would have to like search high and low for that like after she released like I think it was like 30 or 40 different foundations everybody was scrambling like oh shoot we got to make sure we got foundation for everybody now because when you go in you see like a thousand colors of white it's like how many whites are there <laughs> like we need shades with like actual pigment in it so um, in that you know in that realm Um, makeup just recently really became more inclusive. Um, Mm. for a long time, even, like, the shades of red lipstick. Like, I used to hate wearing red lipstick when I was younger because I was a dancer. Mm. And we had to wear the blush and the red lips. And I'm like, I look like a clown, Mm. (laughs) literally, because you got me up here with the red cheeks and crazy red lips that doesn't match my undertones. And so um, when I even went into my lab to make these colors, I made sure that they looked good on the deepest tones to the lightest tones. So, um, and I feel like when you start with darker you can lighten it. I know a lot of people say, like, oh, start lighter, then you can add more to get to dark. But when and when I say that, I mean, like, when I create a color, I want to start on the spectrum of darker skin first. And then I want to kind of, like, phase it out. But, so see, this
1: way. is where I'm talking about in design and in inception mm-hmm. because you're going to think of you first. Right. So you're going to think of our people. Whereas, historically, probably this was designed more than likely by white men. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. and then thinking backwards Right. You know, and then this is also white men's idea of what beauty and beauty standards are, too, because right. that has to be accepted into this whole spectrum as mm-hmm. well. Um, so what has been the response as you were making this like and then w- when did it go from like you in the lab kind of testing and stuff like that to becoming a product for um, the general public?
0: Yeah, so I actually started formulation in my mom's kitchen. She had like a dirt room, um, like where the laundry was, basically where I would do formulation in the back of the house, and I just tested on my skin, my grandmother's, and my mom. So I pretty much stayed in like the darker skin spectrum.
1: I, this is after college, during college, after before? college, okay, actually. Okay. So
0: this was um, while I was still working as a quality assurance chemist in Ferndale. Okay. So I would work like my little six to two eight or six a.m. to two p.m. shift, and then I would come home. I would play in my little lab <laughs> at the time, mm-hmm. and I would just experiment with different, um, like, pigments, like, different micas, how they work together. And then I would also play around with the raw ingredients that I wanted to use in my actual lipstick. I should I, – I got i I'm going to send you some pictures, but I do have, like, mm-hmm. pictures of back in the day when I had my little table. It's probably about this size in the back okay. um, where I would play with these pigments. And essentially, I just had my friends, like, y'all got to try this. Come on. <laughs> come on best friend try this so um those were like, like my test subjects <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, let me let me see your transcript let's
0: let's look at these grades look, and in I'm this like, class. if i put it on myself <laughs> i'm I, if i put it on myself i'm sure you guys would be fine like i wouldn't put something on me that um i wouldn't want someone else to wear that so so <laughs> um, <laughs> but no i i definitely had some fun experimenting with um making the products in the very beginning stage but now i could just like
1: what what was the the response he just the testing
0: um so my very first year actually when i went i went live for mother's day um 2018 i made like 50 dollars. i was like oh all this work i did (laughs) to put into this and i made what and at the time i think i was selling my products for like eight dollars each plus mm-hmm. tax or something like that so that's and like
1: about that's six sales
0: <laughs> Look, that's you start six. from somewhere yeah, yeah. okay no yep. and um i was a little discouraged i kind of went back to the drawing board. i'm like is it my presentation was it the formula and the formula my mama always put it to me like girl this is too dry girl this is too oily we need to do this you <laughs> need to do that so like i said she was always supporting and giving me feedback so i went back to the drawing board and i um Uh, actually stopped and relaunched again in 2019. Okay. Um, And then that year I think I was doing like pop-ups here and there and I'm really comfortable talking about numbers because it's, like, I feel like people really get it when you put that in front of them. So, like, the second year, I think we grossed over, like, $1,600 in sales. And they were still $8 okay. of lipstick. So, I was, like, okay. That's good. That's not bad. Because I just crossed year four. So, now um, I'm, like, okay, now I need to just improve the packaging. So, just last year, we changed, like, our lip gloss packaging. We used to have, like, these little, like, dollar store lip gloss tubes. Mm-hmm. And now you know we got our plug okay. on there you feel me um okay. but um we've improved packaging and people like like especially women they like visually appealing items as well sometimes the product don't even got to work i'm not saying mine don't work but it doesn't even have to work and they will use it just because the packaging is pretty mm-hmm. so i noticed a jump in sales i think my by thir- like year 3 we did like 36,000 in sales. So I was like, dang, this is and like a, uh, an 1800% <laughs> jump. Yeah, but <laughs>
1: also when we think about that, that also was during the shift during the pandemic, too. Mm-hmm. So that being that you had a business mm-hmm. that was ready and and adaptable to that mm-hmm. is, I mean, hats off to you. So yeah. like that's a that's a big accomplishment just anytime growing in sales like that, mm-hmm. recognizing the market, seeing the capacity, staying at it, Yep, you know, um, Big applause. Like I mean Thank staying you. grounded in that. Yes. That's big, you know. And then also being able to shift in that marketplace and have mm-hmm. the space and capacity to deliver on the right. online in that online space too.
0: That COVID definitely made us stronger um as far as like being able to pivot, mm-hmm. improving our online presence. I applied to like a thousand grants, like cause last year we went we made over six figures. Mm-hmm. And I have two employees now in uh ten contractors. So it's not just me now on payroll. So it's mm-hmm. like I gotta make sure that we're performing and that we're doing what we need to do to stay in business and then two, to have like to be able to give my employees and contractors an actual paycheck not just some change here and there like this is like a real business we are in stores like I was telling you and I understand the importance of one like creating um, jobs for women of color in the city and um, making sure that it's like a livable wage not just you know Sorry. okay now
1: now now, and we're getting closer to the end but i still have these questions so now that you're more in this entrepreneurial space Mm -hmm. and that's always the thing with entrepreneurship it's like you have the work itself and then you also just have the work of the business Mm -hmm. like the like you say onboarding contractors dealing with vendors meeting with teams buying supply i mean Mm -hmm. buying vendors yourself like It's a lot of other things. Like how much has the business (laughs) taken you away from the lab?
0: Um, So in the beginning, it took me away a lot. Like I still handle a lot of the meetings and HR um, things, but – now I have a social media coordinator who I have not posted on our social media in two years. Okay. I have um, a web developer, so I don't even know how to work Shopify for real. She does mm-hmm. all of our updates. She keeps our website running, any issues that we have, things like that. So that has given me more time back. Um, I have an accountant who makes sure that like all of our payroll is run properly make sure that everything in our account is good like okay you, you need to watch how much you spend spending this month so it's like mm-hmm. those things that are necessary and then I also have a lead BA who is essentially like a manager so she manages all the BAs that we have because we have eight uh brand ambassadors I can't manage what is a
1: brand ambassador
0: so a brand ambassador is someone who promotes our company whether it via social media or they do actual pop-ups with us so i'm at most of the events but i have other ladies that help me work because the more people you have there the more customers you're able to garner um so um It's kind of like a little hierarchy that helps me run it so that I can focus on formulation. I can focus on uh, looking out for grants for our business. I can focus on our classes that we do with nonprofits and schools. So being able to kind of like let go and allow them. To actually take lead and roles have, has helped me become more productive and allowed has allowed me to scale. And a lot of times, I don't know why, but black people in business are scared about doing that. And it's like, you got to find your team, your village to help you to grow your business or you're going to stay where you are. What's what's
1: up? So, like, in, in a lot of ways, I'm thinking the brand ambassadors serve in the same capacity of, like, a lot of people think. I don't know if most people know this. You know, the Mary Kay rep mm-hmm, yeah. is really... Idea from the ideation of Madam C. J. Walker, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, and and not just that, like, American business took so many ideas from Madam C. J. Walker, mm-hmm. just like of of, of definitely of, of building what would be brand ambassadors, doing the house party, actually delivering and showing displays of mm-hmm. of of like the person buying your product ended up being the person that sells your product, like. Mm-hmm brilliant 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 businesswoman yes you know uh so so that model as we see and and then as you work that out i'm sure they can be um like so when you're in the lab do the ideas come from that team of brand ambassadors like hey everybody's saying they need a dot 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 (laughs) you know can you you know get in the lab and work that out or are you working with other other chemists yourself now have you onboarded them are you contracting with some of them like what what is that flow
0: Um, I actually have an assistant chemist Um, one summer I actually did an internship with a senior chemist who needed a a senior project so she helped with formulation that year and I was like oh my god I do actually need an assistant in the lab because it helps Mm -hmm. and some, like, like myself, wearing many hats, actually, my web developer has, she, like, knows our, like, trade secrets, basically. So she actually is a computer science major, but she knows how to get into the lab and make things now. Like, I've worked with her for over four years now, so she's very well-versed there and helps with that. But um eventually, I want to, like, you know, source out, but now that I can keep it in-house, I'm I'm working with the ladies that I do have, so. That's cool.
1: Hey. And I met you at the Hope Village Revitalization Farmers Market. So you still engage in community work yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. What What is it about the community work and, and connecting with the schools and the STEM program that you've referenced a couple of times too? What mm-hmm. is it about that that keeps you motivated to stay tapped into that as you have a corporation that's just growing and growing? And and it's it's a multi-layered corporation. It's, it's a yeah. manufacturing. It's a supplier. And it also is a you know it's a point of sale too.
0: Yes. Uh, um. Well, like I mentioned before, I just really love science, and I really want to get more girls into that field and more students of color in that field. So, our for her cosmetics is STEM based. So we are science, technology, engineering, and math. But we're also all natural, vegan, and cruelty free. So, um, that's our tie. And then a lot of times. Um, I just learned a lot of things when I uh, go into these business incubator programs but I have my own nonprofit and basically I'm gonna just tell you a little secret but um, my nonprofit supplies classes to these students right but my business sells the products that we use for these um, mm-hmm. these uh, programs so essentially we're able to get our grants for our nonprofit and then we buy the supplies that we need to actually do these classes. Cool. So it's an a ecosystem, yeah. for it's lack like, of a better it's like term. When,
1: it's like when you're in college and the professor has that book that they wrote, and it's like, yeah, yeah it's $400, of course we're going to so use this book. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay?
0: But it's approved it's like I curriculum.
1: Hey, <laughs> get this through check.
0: <laughs> But yes, it's it's a way it um it helps one my mm-hmm. business and it also too helps our community. So, mm-hmm. um that ecosystem yeah. is what I'm. That's why I'm able to go into the community but and host.
1: That's powerful. And then also that means that they're learning directly mm-hmm. instead of with the quote unquote standard products. They're learning mm-hmm. with products that are for the black girls yeah. they're, they're learning directly with what they would get into if this mm-hmm. is the industry they get into right. as opposed to like you say dealing with all those shades of white mm-hmm. and speaking of which as we really get closer to a close yeah <laughs> what what are the best sellers what what what's the best selling products
0: So our lip glosses are our bestsellers. I actually brought one of our bestsellers. It's called Bare. This is literally like an everyday clear lip gloss um, that you can wear. I actually have some on right now on top of another color. But um, our lip glosses are our bestsellers. And then um, since we dropped foundation last year, ladies have, like, loved it. And since we only offer four colors, a lot of times people do have to mix them. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep hitting this mic. But um, literally... The foundation, our lip gloss, and um, we have, like, very popular, like, lipstick colors, like, in the pinks and reds. So, I uh, think—today I didn't bring a a red, but I did bring one of, like, our, like, sky-high lip glosses. And this Mm -hmm. is a shea butter-based lipstick, too. But the ladies love it. They just do. And then we just actually started releasing stickers so people can support us, like, on their, like, computers, their bags and stuff like that so that we can create more brand recognition. Um, But, yeah— those are some of the best sellers.
1: Okay, that, that's what uh and and how do people connect? How do people go online and buy it or go to a store? How do you want people to buy? It?
0: Um of course, always go directly to our website, but www.forhercosmetics.com and that's f o r h e r cosmetics. Mm-hmm. Um and then we are on social media like Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And well, Twitter you can't buy, I don't believe on there, but Instagram and Facebook allows mm-hmm. you to shop there. Um, And then we always do pop-ups, especially during the summer. This is like our busiest season, Um, like at the Hope Village uh, Farmer's Market every Wednesday. And then now we're at East Warren Farmer's Market every Thursday and Beacon Park every Saturday. Okay,
1: so Beacon Park, uh, <laughs> Hope Village. If you're in my
0: neighborhood, Cool Cities Park.
1: That's right off Oakland, mm-hmm. and and then you more than likely you're gonna meet Alyssa or one of the reps. <laughs> uh, this is this is definitely cool. Um, so classic Detroit question: Your very first car, year, making model. What year did you get it?
0: I had a white um, Aztec Pontiac.
1: Okay, <laughs> what year model?
0: It was a. Dang! What year was that car? My mom gave it to me. When I was sixteen. So when they stopped making Pontiacs, <laughs> I don't remember the year. I think it was two thousand something.
1: Okay, <laughs> and what year did
0: you get it? Um, I got it when I was sixteen. So that had to be like twenty or two thousand and nine.
1: Okay, like. where's the first place you went when you, get,
0: when you um, got the car? Wow, that's a good question. Hmm. I probably was went to school <laughs> in okay. the car.
1: So you, you drove to school,
0: back and forth to school, because the gas gauge was broke. So I didn't really try to go too far. In okay,
1: it. you didn't. You <laughs> didn't want to know.
0: I didn't know how much gas was in there ever.
1: Yes, yes. Gas gauge being broke is a tough.
0: <laughs> okay. A tough.
1: A tough car challenge.
0: Mom, please come get me. I will es- out that Especially
1: right now, if you if you got a broke <laughs> gas gauge now, boys, oof, Look. you really rolling the dice. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if you were DJing at the end of the fireworks at Woodward and Jefferson, you get to play three songs. What three songs you playing? Um,
0: mm, I would play "Ice Me Out" by Cash Down. I love me some Cash down. Okay. Um, I would also play. I like gospel music. Okay. Uh, he Saw the Best in Me. Is that the name of it? I would play that too. Oh, like, Marvin oh. Set. Yes. Okay. And then I probably would play um, something Megan The Stallion. What a song do I like by her? Plan B.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we rocking. It's going to be like, it's going to go from like, it's going uh, to be stunting to...
0: Lord Jesus. To, like,
1: definitely, like, inspirational <laughs> yes. to, to partying again. Yes. So like, That's bah, me. Bah, bah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, like, a little party, a little inspiration, a lot of hard work, and definitely mm-hmm. bossing up. Um, last question. If you could rename what word after 1D Trader, who would it be and why?
0: Um, I would name it after my mom. Hmm. Because why? she is just, like, when I tell you my mom is literally done, it's, like, The standard, like, I know when I have kids, I got a a bar (laughs) to meet because she is literally, like, my biggest supporter, like, everything from business. She's involved in our sorority, like, giving back to the community. She is a hustler. Like, my mama, I'm lost for words. But, yes, I would name it after Donna. Okay. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) All right. So this was great having you on Detroit is Different.
0: Thank you, journey. Thank you so much for having me. All right, peace. Peace out, y'all. Detroit is different. Is where you get information, artistry, history, music, and even comedy. Detroit is different. A home for the culture of Detroit. Visit online at DetroitIsDifferent.com today.